we also get a little aggressive towards each other at times. We're Ignore just, that. That's no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might also get aggressive to you now. So. Okay. <laughs> um, I leave. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Well, that's it. I'm I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, again, like I edit it, so I make everyone come off in the best way. But okay, no usually, usually the guests always. Me, I have me not all the time. I have no fear. So okay, you want to start? Yeah, sure. What are you scared of? Oh, what am I scared of? God, someone asked me this literally the other day and not like, well, like I was at dinner and somebody was like, what is your, like, what's going around the table? Like, what is your irrational fear? And I don't think I have any irrational fears. I'm pretty claustrophobic in general. Like I won't sit in the aisle, like the window of an airplane. I just like won't. I'd rather fucking sit on the, on top of the plane. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you're not into like the cave climbing through like those small crevices you know, and shit. Small crevices, not really, but like, like it's like a medium claustrophobia. Like I'll go into a cave. I don't want to go into a cave inside a cave. Right, so right, like, right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. God, it's medium, sense. but other than that, like I don't have any weird, like my girlfriend is afraid of like small clusters of holes, like pomegranate seed, anything that's like a pomegranate oh, yeah, seed. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's like a thing apparently. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Also, how can you be afraid of that? <laughs> I think just, TikTok blew the, that phobia up. Is that really like, interesting? I, I, my girlfriend was trying to tell me about that, and I was like, I don't understand how, how you're scared. Like hun- like a honeycomb is like a no good or something like that. I don't know. Well, that's like a reasonable phobia to have. I sure. Feel like. I, Joe's is unreasonable altogether. Please don't tell him. Are you sure? All right, fine, tell him. He's scared of energy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> By that's way, good. That's uh, like fucking gasoline. I'm pretty sure. So what? Wait, what is that? I don't know. He gave it to me. It's a Jocko. Oh, Jocko. I don't know. He gave it to me. It tastes very good, and I feel like I'm getting jacked by the second. So yeah, yeah, you do. With I those. can like feel a whole arm muscle showing up as I do this. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the Lightweights Podcast. Today we have Brian Logandales of the Somerset. Oh boy! And we have a pretty exciting news. They're back. We are. We are. We are back. And so that wasn't the fear part. Wasn't the beginning of the interview. No, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we are here. We're back. It was kind of an accident, but we're happy to be here. You guys just released your first song in like five years. Yeah, five years. Came out in August. We have another one. Well, I guess by the time this is probably heard by people, we have another song that'll be out, I think, probably the day this is around the day this comes out, but uh, December 3rd, which could be today for all anybody listening. Um, we have a new song out called Back Together that I'm really excited about, so that'll be number two. I bought your first EP in 2008. Oh, my God, you told me that. We, for those for, for those listening, we met at a wedding last weekend. Or, Aaron's uh, wedding last week. Oh, you know Aaron. I know TJ. Oh, you know I, TJ. I know Aaron now through TJ. But right, I know right, TJ right, right, right. Through, oh, cool. I sang, uh, I sang uh, during their ceremony. Wait, hold on. Uh, <laughs> Aaron got married? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's TJ? <laughs> <laughs> um what kind of song did you sing? Or was it one of your songs or was it a just a specific song? request from TJ and Aaron? They called me asking if I would sing I Want to Grow Old With You, the song Adam Sandler sings at the end of The Wedding Singer. Uh, during uh, during their, uh, sorry, they did like a unity candle between their two parents during the ceremony. So mm-hmm. got to say, one of the most nerve wracking experiences of my life. I've never done that before. I was like, I've done enough things as a performer to not really ever get nervous anymore. And I was just like, oh, this is kind of terrifying playing just one song, just me and a guitar. It's someone's, it's not about me, it's about them. So you can't really fuck this one up. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it was really fun. And then, yeah, so we met there. Wow. Dude, Mike Sheffer went up to him and told him, told him what? I was a huge fan. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, Sheffer would do some shit like that. He's like, I'm going to go make it happen. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> he made it happen. He couldn't have been kinder about it, too. Also, like, I didn't know a lot of people at that wedding. So, yeah, it was great to meet other people. I, like, didn't, I didn't know a lot of people. So, uh, uh, it was, I was happy that Mike came up to me. And now here we are. <laughs> okay, tell me, tell me the honest truth. 
What is it going to take for me to be in your band? Oh, Ilya plays drums. I got the rings. I have a hoop earring. Yeah. And I have tattoos. So I'm like halfway there. I yeah, you're like. pretty much in. You're, uh, yeah. Okay. You play drums? Yeah. We have a girl who plays drums and she's a fucking badass, so you might have to pick another instrument. How fast I, I can you I see anything. That's, I can learn pretty fast. Yeah, that's fine. You're in. Okay. Yeah, that was it. Uh, so, guys, I'm part of Somerset. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. <laughs> we're, so, we're sort of just we're sort of just taking on whoever wants to be a part of it. Oh, so. great. <laughs> All right, see you, Joe. Yeah. Bye. I'm on tour with them. Yeah. I mean, literally, yo, we got to do a podcast today. What? <laughs> I'm on stage. There's like hundreds of people, thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's uh. Right, hell yeah. You, you you're in the the, the with the. Uh, the bar is set pretty low and the qualifications are pretty minimal. So no. like pretty much anybody can be in this band. What's the coolest place that you've uh, been on tour to? And you have a lot more tattoos than I have. And by that, I mean, I don't have any. So you're more You don't have any tattoos? Any tattoos. Wow. Do you so, want any or no? You know, so I did when I was like younger, when I was 18. I'm kind of glad I didn't. I have a little bit of an addictive personality. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of bit. So I'm kind of glad I didn't get any tattoos when I was 19 because I would have I would be covered and I would look ridiculous by now. No, you look good in tattoos. Yeah. I'm not even just saying that. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just glad I didn't get any I'm really... I'm hitting at him. <laughs> no, you look good. Glad. Why is your foot touching his foot? <laughs> Dude, so it's weird. I'm not wearing pants anymore. Um, like I said, um, I'm glad I didn't get any when I was younger because I'd probably have gotten some really dumb ones by now. Everyone around me in my sort of world from my band to bands we toured with to like being on Warp Tour and everyone's covered head to toe in ha- tattoos. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to be the guy that doesn't have any tattoos. Right, right. You I went the of, other way. I actually kind of was just like, oh, maybe I don't want them anymore because I'm surrounded by them. Right. And I actually really like tattoos. I just never, never could, I couldn't make up my mind. And now suddenly I'm 32 and now I want tattoos. Oh, you do now? <laughs> kind of. So my we'll dad see. got his first tattoo when he was uh, like 52, and he got this massive piece across his chest. Awesome. It was his first tattoo. Awesome. My uh, mom like flipped the fuck out. I Did she know he was doing it? No, he, she had no. He uh, she had no idea. He went to do it with his like best friend. That's so that's funny. funny. Yeah, that's some shit that you and I would do. That's, it. Really that's where funny. you get it from. I have Joe's name on my ass. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. <laughs> um, you had asked me a question, and then I derailed about tattoos. I forgot the question. I think it was. Favorite place I've ever played? Oh, yeah. Favorite place you've uh, you've played. Yeah. yeah. In 2013, we did the Macy's Day Parade. I was just like, going to ask about that. like, that that was... Uh, was that New York? It's in New York. That's yeah, like, okay. the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I remember watching that. Really? Yeah. That uh, that was probably, like, it's hard to even call it a performance because you do a one song on a float and it's lip synced, but it was still, like, as an event. Like, one of the... W- hard to explain... They tell you how many people watch it. It's like the second most viewed event in America after the Super Bowl or something like that. It's millions of people. But what they don't tell you is just how many people in New York City are going to be like flooding the streets and like hanging out of their windows with like champagne. It's like they celebrate it in New yeah. York. Are you lip singing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't. Is it, is it lip singing yeah. or lip syncing? It's happening lip syncing. Oh, wow. I was wrong. Yeah, yeah I it's never lip, knew that either. Syncing. Oh, when I was, I didn't for at one point, but. Done it before. Does the general public know that it's lip? Yeah, it's pretty common knowledge. They don't because there's like 40 floats. They don't mic every single float as it comes by. Because I've seen like it's pretty n- obvious. I've seen things. like New Year's Eve ones where like Mariah Carey's singing. Th- those are those are sung. Those are sung. Yeah, okay, because yeah, yeah. I've seen like tons of TikTok TikToks where it's like obviously she's lip syncing, but it's like I don't know, is she? Nah, she's just good. Were you uh, nervous for that? No, I was really drunk. Really? Oh yeah. Wait, yeah. wasn't it like nine in the morning? It was seven thirty in the morning. Oh We're my god! What the fuck? <laughs> okay, yeah. Whatever. I'm sober now. We'll tell this story. I don't care. Uh, um, we flew into New York from LA the night before. We had actually just finished a tour. Flew into New York the night before, and I had a friend in New York, and I was like, uh, the, "They, you're, are like, 
call time was like 6.30 a.m. or something like that. And I had a friend, and close friend in town, and he was like, and we, I was like, I'll go out for one drink. I just got off the plane. Like, I slept on the plane. I'll be fine. I went out for one drink. Suddenly, it's five in the morning. Oh and I'm just God. like, okay, we're just, we're at it. I basically went into my room to shower, and then I, like, went downstairs, got in the car, and then when they take you, it's like 6.30 in the morning, and they take you to, like, your loading area. There's, like, a street where they kind of have all the trailers, and they load everybody before they go into their actual floats. It's like, so now it's about 7 in the morning. We get taken to our trailer. We're sharing a trailer with Florida Georgia Line. At the time... I mean, they were coming off of like a one or two big songs, but they weren't like the Florida Georgia Line, like country arena stadium rock that they are now. So they were still a little smaller. And we knew somebody was playing guitar for them at the time. And they were like drinking fireball and coffee at like 730 in the morning. And I'm still drunk. So I'm like, let's go. Let's just, <laughs> stop. Fuck it. Let's, just let's keep going. And so we just kind of send around some fireball and coffee at around 730 in the morning. And then I get put on a float. And honestly, I had the best time because you don't really... The stakes are pretty low. You're not really performing. Right. What's hard is you're on a float for two hours going through New York City just like waving at people. Oh, my and I goodness. I just have this dumb smile on my face because I'm drunk and there's people everywhere. And I'm just like, and no one told me how many, it's sort of beautiful and humbling, like how many people are just floating around in New York just like having breakfast on their balconies, like watching this parade. I don't see the point of watching a parade. <laughs> like it's right. still, I don't know, kind of a relatively human experience. And then we just kind of like, go through the streets for two hours and then you land on like 34th street in front of the Macy's thing and you perform a minute and a half of your song like lip synced and then it's over well I feel like being drunk is now that you've explained it the best case scenario kind of I mean the stakes are pretty low I didn't have to like actually perform I wouldn't do it drunk again now I kind of want to do it again so I can like because now it's, now it's all a little it, there's, it's a little hazy in the sense it just feels I, I, the, I, like I know how it felt but like right. I don't know I had a good time I have no regrets I'm really amazed by like the the rock star lifestyle. Like I don't know, have you seen uh, the Dirt? Like the Motley uh, that's Crew. That's the Motley Crew one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't know why, but that the whole time I was watching that, I just had a smile on my face because yeah. I just love. I I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like the aura, like the atmosphere, the partying, like just everything about it. And my question is. Do you experience that type of stuff too? Like, do you like? What's your craziest just, like batshit well, crazy? Oh my god, story. So I think about this. I actually think about this question a lot, and I don't know if I have necessarily have an answer that comes to mind for your actual question, but I kind of want to tap into a different thing because I do think about this, especially after seeing that movie. Some of it, especially with that movie, is because it's so. It's not only pre-social media; it's almost pre-fucking video camera. Like, right. At this point. Like so, some of what makes so much of the rock, sex, drugs, rock and roll like sort of lifestyle of that is because there's nobody to verify that it really happened. Mm-hmm. It's all like hearsay, basically. Like there's a story I love in the '70s. Like John Bonham from Led Zeppelin rode a motorcycle down the hallway of like the Hyatt House and and the Sunset Strip. <sighs> I love but, that. But no one can prove that he did it. There's no <gasps> right, documentation right, of right. it. A little bit with. Some of the mystery of it, it certainly still exists. Rock stars exist. I actually think most of hip hop are the bigger rock stars now. Like they, they're the ones who really, I feel like, take that lifestyle. But uh, with social media, the the mystery of it is uh, the, some of the or the allure of it and some of the mystery is gone because obviously you can document everything. So like right. if John Bottom rode a motorcycle down the hallway right now, it'd be on Instagram and the minute it happened. Right. I do think some of the I think some of the mystery is some of the appeal, um, but at the same time. That's like a kind of a different beast now because like from the complete opposite effect, like somebody could go like jump off a fucking balcony at the Chateau Marmont and then it'll be all over the internet immediately. And so sort of it's like a different kind of hype. 
what is my most sort of it's a good answer I think that's a I, really good answer I like legit think about it yeah. a lot because it's like is rock and roll still alive I think it's alive and it's, I think it's it's, that it's a little of, different I think that sort of rock star mentality is like a different thing I think if just uh, just like off that I think being a rock star is just being wild right like that's kind of what it goes sort down of, to sort of but I know I mean yeah it's kind of it depends like to me like I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, but he's not somebody who's like destroying hotel rooms. But like, the dude is like a rock god to me. So it's kind of—I think there's sort of there's opposite ends of the spectrum. But then there's also like, you watch the dirt, and it's like, how are these guys alive? <laughs> right, right. I used to work out with Bruce. With Bruce? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. What's that guy's workout routine? How does he look like that at 70 years old? He has his own trainer, but yeah, he went to my same gym. Me, him, and the situation. We. <laughs> We conglomerated together. Great. Great. <laughs> Such a weird trio. That's a, that's a, that is quite the trio. This dude's like 70, and he's just like just ripped. All the moms are staring at him yeah, the entire time. Yeah, it's absolutely wild. Was that like in Jersey? Yeah. Hold on, let me see what... In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking we could pull one of the best autographs in the game, but guess what? With zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Interesting. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. What I love is the display of the available cards, the hit rates, and the grading. Arena is a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, and with Arena Club Slab Packs, they're revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash lightweights. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's $40 right there. Anyways, go to arenaclub.com slash lightweights for 10% off your first purchase. This episode is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app and that it truly immersifies you in the language that you want to learn. Maybe you have an upcoming international trip or you want to connect with a family or a friend. I know a lot of people who want to learn a new language just to pick up a new hobby. I can personally attest to this as I used Rosetta Stone when I went to Italy for my honeymoon. It helped me brush up on the Italian that I learned back in school and I was able to get through the land and speak the native language. It made it so much more fun, plus my wife loved it. They're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. There's no English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language. Plus, there's lifetime membership and access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off that language learning. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Lightweight's podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language learning courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. It's the Joe Guarantee. This guy looks like it's... Bruce Springsteen. Look up Bruce Springsteen, 70 years old. No, I'll just... This is a 70-year-old man. Oh, that's nuts. Yeah, it's just nuts. He's crushing it. He's just like 70. But he's not like, like... He's not like... Schwarzenegger, he's not like jacked. He's right, just right, like right. in. He's just he's like in shape. Just seventy. He also goes and plays 
that guy goes and plays for like three and a half hours a night, and he's seventy. So like that guy's cardio workout is just unbelievable. He moves around, so he looks like he's fifty. He's like seventy. I think he just turned seventy. It's crazy. Yeah, huge fan. One of my favorite memories of Warped. I was just like stumbling around in the back, and I remember seeing you performing in front of like two thousand people, three thousand people, and just you're waving your arm back and forth, and everyone's doing it. And I'm like, that's fucking nuts. It's a pretty fun feeling, I guess. Um, Do you get nervous performing in front of a lot of people? No, I actually get nervous performing in front of less people. Like the more people, the better. Really? Uh, yeah, I would feel weird performing something right now. Not necess- not really anymore. It's because like, more intimate, right? Yeah, something about the not so much anymore, but it used to be. Yeah, I used to have a different. That's like the it was like an intimacy issue almost. Like the more people, like we went on stage at like we go play a festival in front of thirty thousand people. At some point, they all just become like one body. So it's like not that nerve wracking. It's like when you can kind of individualize every person, then it's like a little more nerve wracking. Like when it's just sort of a sea of people, then there's nothing intimate about it. So right. To, but to that point, like I think back then, I never really, never really. While I was in it, the first. What's been fun about being away from it for five years is I've had kind of been able to like really reflect on it and maybe be a little more like understanding and grateful of like what it was when we were doing it. It's like it's to think about just being able to be on stage in front of people and move my arm and everybody kind of mimics it is like a it's a it's a sort of sort of fun reaction and just a it's uh what am I trying to say? It's um it's it, it, I appreciate like the the ability to have everybody's attention. Do you ever do any tour pranks? Tour pranks uh, is a thing. An often tradition, sometimes on like, the last day of a tour, say a tour is like fifty days or something like that. That like if say there's a couple bands on a tour or whatever, like maybe the headlining band will go like do a prank on stage of like the opening band. For I'll give you an example because this is the first thing that comes to mind. It wasn't a prank necessarily we pulled, but in 2010 we were like. The first of four bands, we were like the little baby on the alternative press tour, opening for. I think it was Never Shout Never. We we played first like early in the night, and uh, on the very last day of the tour, the other band sort of pranked us by we were you we weren't even touring in a bus back then. We were like touring in like a fifteen passenger van and trailer, and like, driving ourselves everywhere. And we were on stage, and all of the and the headlining band and their crew had gotten the keys to our van while we were on stage went into our van unhooked the and all the seats from our all the rows no of seats way. from our van and then brought them out onto stage and just sat in our on the benches of our van while we played our set <laughs> oh that's so funny um oh what no i'm i'm totally missing one my favorite one by a mile 2014 warp tour like our like bros were bowling for soup these guys who, had, who were much older than us from a very different part of the country who could drink us under the table. And they became like our best friends. And they had jumped off the tour a few days early. And uh, their last show was in Chicago on the 20th anniversary of their band. So on their last show, for to prank... It's not so much a prank, but to prank them, we basically, on their very last show, like they used to close with the song Girl All the Bad Guys Want, our band we all put on Boiling for Soup shirts and went on and had our sound guy sort of like hijack their sound system. <laughs> and we went on stage before they were about to go play their last song, turned off their mics, brought up like lawn chairs and a beer for them and said, hey, you guys have been a band for 20 years. Why don't you guys take a break? And we played their last song for them. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's that's cool. really cool. This video on the internet is pretty cool. So we got to, and it was cool for us to get to go play a song I like loved when I was like yeah. 13. So... 
So yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. Wow, those guys are shout out to Bowling for Soup. If they're the, just the be, some of the best dudes I've, we've ever toured with, and just the nicest. That's sick. So you obviously started the band when you were a lot younger. Yeah. Is there any of your first songs from the first album that just had a special feeling for you as to like it brought something about like it really elevated you to a new level or anything? Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's it's definitely Chelsea. Uh, that's I remember we put that song out, and suddenly things we could feel the chain, the sh- like the paradigm shift, like in the, that sort of shift in our band. It was like, oh, um, we noticed it on the shows we were playing. It's just that was the we put out Chelsea, and it, it was like kind of the song that felt like things were changing in a positive way, and think all of a sudden we were on a ride, and the ride was going, and it was like, okay, we're not getting off. This is fun. And people just connected with the song because I always say like people connect with the songs that you connect with. Like I've written some song, not to get super meta, but I've written, I've written a lot of songs where as I was writing them, I was like, Oh, what are people, are people, I'm writing it from a place of like, are people going to like this regardless of if I'm going to like it? Like, and then songs like Chelsea, which are just like kind of this like vulnerable train of thought about a real person named Chelsea. That was a public person that people knew that I was dating that like kind of doesn't abide by any sort of songwriting rules, but it's so uh, you obviously can tell that I care a lot about it. And of course those are the songs people care about the most because they can just, they believe you. So I think Chelsea was probably the song that set a lot in motion because like, I think it was the first song we had done of that kind that just kind of like had a real, like a real honest, real specificity to it. And uh, it's also, it was just a really fun song. It was just like, Something something felt like it was catching on when we put that song out, and that was now almost 14 years ago, which is crazy. Did she hear it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's heard it. She's in the music video. Oh, she loved it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's sick. This might be a stupid question, but... Love a stupid question. I'll give you a stupid answer if you want, too. <laughs> um, do, you, do you take voice lessons, and or are you just a good singer? Um, uh, or both? Maybe, it's, maybe, you know, I... I've taken a couple, but I don't take them. And now suddenly, it's funny. Now at thirty-two, I like want to. T- now I want to take them. When I was younger. I think pride was in the way, and also like, I don't know, time. I just didn't. I never. I didn't prioritize my time. And like, fortunately, I think I, I'm pretty good. I learned how to sing mostly just by trying to mimic and emulate singers that I did like. We used to play. 150 shows a year and it's at the end of the day the voice is a muscle so like even though I wasn't taking voice lessons I was exercising every day right so now there are things I've been doing some different kind of projects for the last few years that are very different than my band and it's made me kind of force me to learn how to use my voice in different ways and now now I want to take voice lessons more consistently like I have as I have a vocal coach that I do like call or see if I if I need to and like I wish I I should see her more. One, also just love her. She's like a, a different approach to it than I've ever met. I literally met her on an airplane. We were sitting next to each other on a plane and then uh, kind of hit it off. But uh, when you first started singing, like you, I don't know, you, the first day you tried, did you butcher it or were you like, no, I, I got this. I'm pretty good. So I grew up playing different instruments. Singing was sort of an accident. Um, I mean, I always like sang in the shower when I was younger. And I was like, I think I've, I've always been pretty musical. I started playing piano at a very young age. I played drums first in like punk bands in middle school. It's terrible. But uh, I think I always thought I wanted to be a singer, but I was like, how does one be a singer? Like, do you take voice lessons? Like, I was in my head, I thought I sounded good, but I had never sang for anybody. So I just like, I don't know what it is. Right. Did you guys ever get robbed or a car accident or anything back when you were in a van? 
We've gonna... been in a couple car accidents. No crazy ones. Just a couple dumb ones where we've just like... One time we like tried to drive our van and trailer through like a Taco Bell drive through at like <laughs> three in the morning after a show, not realizing our trailer was too high and we got stuck in the fucking drive through. That was wild. I did that once with Jason's van when yeah. we went to Utah. Yeah, we got <laughs> stuck in the drive through. That's our trailer, which is too high for the clearance. Our trailer was like 11 feet tall. We're just pinned. Had to get towed out of this thing. We destroyed this entire time. Oh my fashion. God. <laughs> did you have to pay for it? No. Maybe. I have no idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> my problem, maybe. <laughs> it might have been wiped under the table and no one told me. Yeah. Uh, one time in the... This one was kind of... One time in, in London, like, we had just landed. We were super jet-lagged, and we get picked up in this van at the airport, and uh, this, like, sort of flatbed semi-truck that had a bunch of, like, 100-foot, like, like lead pipe things on the back of it just kind of stacked. Like Final Destination? Kind of. A little Final Destination, but there's coming okay. up the side of us. And so we were going straight, and this thing was turning this way. And it, uh, the, the guy didn't do anything. The guy literally didn't do anything wrong, but one of the pipes kind of came loose and went, so we go th- this way and it goes this way. And one of the pipe comes, comes in and just goes right through our window, just like hits me in the head. Oh my God. Not at a speed though. It's just, no one, no one was hurt, but it was just, I'd just come off a 13 hour flight. And I was just like, what the fuck just happened? This guy has no, and this guy like, it, it didn't even hit his, he didn't even notice because there's no way he would have. Like, it, the, the, it didn't even, his car didn't hit our car or anything. Yeah. And his pipe just kind of came loose and went into our window. And then, so, like, one of our, one of the, the guys who had, like, picked us up at the airport gets out of the car and, like, sprints to catch it, somehow sprints down the street and catches him, which is <laughs> even crazier, and tells the guy, and the guy felt terrible. And all of a sudden, I was just like, and then, like, the, we were parked in front of a church. I don't know. It was a weird thing, but, like, that was, it was pretty final destination But knocking wood, I've, I have, I've, there's been, We've never been in any accidents of any kind, never any serious ones at least. And I know some people who've been in some really serious ones that have been that have like lost crew members like they've like lost crew members. So fortunately we have been more on the safe side. We were never robbed. We had a band try to prank us one time. This band that we didn't know tried to prank us one time and pretend they were robbing us. <laughs> oh really, my god. Really, really <laughs> fucked up and like yeah, I'm not even. No, I'm not even gonna fucking say the band's name on the same because it was still one of the most fucked up things. That's it was, it, it's just so stupid. And this band broke up, and they probably deserve it. Uh, <laughs> uh, tried to like fake rob us one time at gunpoint. That was pretty weird. Oh shit! Other than that, we're yeah, we're pretty pretty fortunate to some degree. I assume that all of the members in the band were pretty close to each other and like really comfortable with each other. Yeah. So well, Jess, John, and Steven... I mean, we have two brothers, and that, so they've known each other forever. They're a year and a year and a half apart, so like they couldn't be more close. Like, so they knew each other their whole lives. They've known each other their whole lives, uh, and they've known Jess, our drummer, since they were like ten, basically. So like the three of them, so like, have, a, like a family. The three of them have effectively been a part of each other's lives for twenty plus years, or virtually all of it. And then at this point, like I met them all fifteen something years ago. So like we, uh, we're all. Yeah, it's it's definitely a family. I mean, but also at the same time, like we broke up in two thousand, we broke up at the end of two thousand sixteen. We kind of needed it. I think, like, also at the same time, we you start a band when you're seventeen and you tour nine months a year till you're twenty seven. Like, you grow into different people, and you're also growing in front of people. You're like around. We were just in each other's space all day for ten years, becoming different people. So we got a little sick of each other, and I think actually getting to take Bob's off. 
and like all kind of recalibrate and learn who we were kind of was great for us because I think we're closer than ever now. So yeah, I, I asked that question because it must have been a, a logistical nightmare getting everybody together at, at points, right? Because everyone's so comfortable with the, with each other. So it's like if someone's late or someone doesn't show up, it's kind of okay, quote unquote, because you're so close. Yeah, we don't have a great. Yeah, we're uh, we. Yeah, I, I yes, in some ways it's hard. Like we. Certain people in our band show up to things very late sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to remind yourself that it's also like we're a family, but it's also like it's our, it's a job. It's like I don't know. We're still we're fifteen years into it, and we're still kind of figuring it out every day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to Lightweights once again. This has been a very special episode. Thank you for coming on, oh, brother. Man, thanks. We met. We met at a wedding. Yeah, literally last week. But check out Brian's new song. Where can everyone hear it? Spotify? Spotify, Apple Music, all the things. I think there's some other ones, but why would anyone have anything other than Spotify or Apple Music? Are you doing a music video? We already did it. What? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. song's called Back Together. It's out. I mean, assuming this comes out. Yeah. The song's called Back Together. Music video out, too. Spotify, Apple Music, music video on YouTube, all the things. Again, the summer set. Check it out. Hell yeah. Lightweights. Out.